Boom, we're back. Back in action. Trying to settle in. Stories that need to be told. Mike Young, Stock Tip Dave. Dave, you're really getting popular at the comedy store, bro. You know, I usually, I, I, I make it a point not to bring a lot of people to the comedy store because it's like been my home, my fraternity for so long. But you've like, you've snuck your way up in here for like the last year. You kind of quietly smoothed your way around. You know what I mean? You're not a big presence, so you kind of easily sneak in. You don't even sneak in. You just kind of, you know, navigate through the <laughs> trees of the comedy store. You know what I mean? Joe Rogan lifts an arm. Bam, you're under it. Here's Big Tate hanging out. You're behind him. Here comes Angry Tripoli. Bam, you slide to the side. Next thing you know, you're inside watching shit happen. And uh, It's been fun. You're in, bro. It's almost like you're a comedian. I, I came up to the comedy store the other night. And three people that worked here, like, yo, your boy's here, bro, from the podcast. We got him all set up. He's sitting in a booth in the back. I mean, that's, I don't know if that's a sign of my, the respect I get or that you get. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's my respect that's getting you a good seat. Well, you got your name on the wall twice. Double wall. Let's not talk about that too much because they might take it down once. But you came in, you, uh, I wasn't here. I walked in the comedy store. Dave was sitting comfortably in a gigantic bucket seat, uh, very relaxed during the 46th anniversary of the comedy store, which was a big night of comedy. And 46, every year, every year the comedy store has an anniversary. It's a big thing because to me, I don't know what the hell I would do. And it sounds cliche, but I don't know what the hell I would do if it wasn't for the comedy store. I swear to God, this place got me. You know what I mean? And I've never been one to follow a path. I've never been in a fraternity. I tried to be in a fraternity in college, and I got kicked out, then reinstated, then dropped out. I was all messed up. Like hey, I was in one for a, I joined one just to play in a basketball tournament. As soon as they played in the basketball tournament, I said, see you later, because I didn't like the president. There you go, bro. We're two rebels <laughs> in a pod. You know what I mean? ZBT University of Arizona had me in there. They saw me play. They saw me throw a ball on a field one time when I first came out, just playing around. They looked at me. They're like, "You Jewish? Yeah, bro, I'm Jewish. You're in." All they wanted me for was sports, but they didn't know I played hockey. So I never attended any fraternity gathering. I was off playing hockey. Then they got mad. They were like, "Oh, you really don't care enough about this." I was fresh out of Southfield, Michigan. I didn't fuck around and play like fraternity type things. I wasn't into being hazed. You don't haze me. I don't even know what that is. I don't get the whole get hazed and now you're a stronger band of brothers. It wasn't war. See, all right? Fraternities, just understand. You ain't the military. You're see, not that, we're not going to war. That was my issue because when I I got my roommate was in a fraternity and at the time I just had surgery, so I had a cast the size of my leg. And so I had to crush her around for four months. And I was getting hazed for showing up late. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? I can't drive a car. It takes me 20 minutes to yeah. go somewhere that's like five minutes away. And then when that guy became president, I was like, dude, he hazed me when I was had screws in my ankles and couldn't walk for four months. I was like, Yeah, bad person. I was like, I'm not going to listen to him. Bad person. He's out. <laughs> Who knows where he is right now? He's probably hanging out with the same dudes he was in the frat with. But I knew early on the frat wasn't going to be my thing. One day, these two twins from the frat, they were brothers, you called them, but they were also brothers. They were brothers, and they were fraternity brothers. They were already in. They were like seniors in college. I was a freshman with an attitude, fresh out of Detroit, <laughs> first week of college, got arrested for shoplifting. It, didn't, it wasn't going well. 
Anyway, these two dudes who were identical twins got me like in an area of the fraternity house one night and got right in my face. And the one twin was like, which twin am I? Who am I? And I'm already thinking like you're way too close to me and I'm going to push you. And then the other twin was like, tell me my name. And I looked at the one guy in front of me. I was like, <coughs> I was like, you're Steve. He's like, I'm John. And he's like spitting in my face accidentally. <laughs> and finally I pushed him. I shoved him backwards. He fell onto the couch that was in the room. And next thing I knew, the he let Finn Wilder. What's that? Reminds me of Van Wilder when they were having the fraternity hazing scene. You know, Burt Kreischer says that I think Van Wilder was like based on his life. He was like the wildest party person in college. Burt, which doesn't shock me at all. Burt Kreischer hasn't had a shirt on in seven years. <laughs> but I got thrown out of the frat. I knew one of the dudes from Detroit, like his family knew my family. So he felt bad. He was like the president of the fraternity. And it's so funny because like to this day, I'll see that dude and he's got like a little bit of an attitude. It's like it's been 20 years, 15 years, whatever it's been, bro. Get over it. Next day they come to me. They're like, or he comes to me. He's like, I'm very sad to say this. Uh, we're going to have to let you go. You put your hands on a brother. I said, dude, he was screaming in my face, spitting my face while talking. I don't play that shit. So, you know, whatever. Sorry. So I got along with all my dudes, like in the fr freshman in my class or whatever it was called. Your fraternity brothers, almost brothers. We all got along great. I love those dudes. And then they threw me out of the fraternity and then all my boys from the fraternity like fought to get me back in. They're like, Mike Young is, we need him for, for intramural football. We need him for baseball. This guy's an athlete. We, he's fun with the girls. And I was killing the game with the girl. I'll tell you right now. Hashtag all of us, all of us, all of, we did it all. <laughs> it all went down in college. I had a great time. I mean, it's University of Arizona. It's one of, U of biggest, A. One of the biggest party schools in the country. Listen, bro, I'll say it. Uh, you know, I'm cracking open. I'm telling stories. My brother always tells me, you got to be honest. Peel the layers. Peel the layers. I got laid day one of college. Day one of college, there was a... Somebody pulled the fire alarm in the dorm at 3 o'clock in the morning. All the students piled out of the dorm into the streets. I met this girl who came out of her her whatever her room she was in a robe i was in a t-shirt we started flirting everybody went back inside we went to the roof and voila it all went down on the roof of arizona sonora it all happened at u of a and from then on i had the greatest four and a half years of my life four let's say five i got out in five years yeah it's about what i took five years i transferred though to where i went from whittier to chapman yeah, and I basically had two years of a, as a freshman. <laughs> Double freshman. Dave, stock tip Dave, got held back. But college was amazing. Fraternities, not for me. But let me bring it full circle and say the only fraternity that I've ever felt comfortable and perfectly settled in is the comedy fraternity. And that is all really due to the comedy store. Because when I came to L.A., I literally every week started standing in line on Sunday mornings, Sunday afternoons, trying to get three minutes of space here at the comedy store. I had a job working as a production assistant for Roseanne, not Roseanne, for a, like Third Rock from the Sun, like but was on the Roseanne lot. And I was like, you know, I was so bad. I had no sense of direction in L.A. And we didn't have MapQuest or uh, I didn't have Waze. So I was actually sending. <laughs> I was paying my boy from L.A. $40 cash. 
you would have done this. I was paying them $40 cash to deliver the scripts to the actors' houses because I couldn't find my way around. I was just too frustrated. Oh, those I, are the days of MapQuest and you had to print out the directions. Bro, I don't know if he was on a MapQuest. I don't know if he was. I don't know how he did it, but he's from here. I gave him the scripts. I gave him the actors' addresses. Definitely got in trouble at Carsey Warner Productions for that. They sat me down there, wanted to fire me. Being fired is a theme in my life. For regular jobs, I have never had a nine to five real job. I almost, I mean, I have had them, but like they've never really lasted too long. I knew from middle school on it was going to be a disruptive situation. It's probably why Michael Rappaport and I get along so well because he was in 16 schools by the time he was 19. Literally was thrown out, transferred, let go, taken back, brought back, turn around, go to another school. He was just very disruptive. I wasn't quite as disruptive, but I definitely had something in me. I don't really, never been to a therapist to talk about it, so I don't know what it was, but I was not playing by the rules. And when I got to the comedy store, I realized that this was the fraternity of dudes who've been rule breakers, rebels, dudes that just didn't live by a straight A to B program and i was like this is game time would you consider goal goal fraternity or no no i would consider goal a great hangout goal is like a great is cheers where your neighborhood buddies go you know what i mean i don't consider goal like i love goal and i love hanging out at goal but this is a fraternity of like my life like this is every every dollar i've made as a professional human being comes from the comedy store world has sprouted from this place has sprouted from me wanting to be the best comedian that I can be because I had a chance to see, I sound like I'm rhyming because I had a chance to see as a MC sit back, relax. It's me, the M I K E Y O U N G all the comedians that used to be up here at the comedy store, Damon Wayans. I remember seeing him no more. I haven't seen him in a while, but one time I sat in the back. He was versatile. His style was killing me. Sat in the back. People started grilling me, asking me. Oh, I can't. I, 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 I think I'm losing it. Anyway, Damon Wayans. I see Damon Wayans perform. Uh, well, let me let me take it back. Let me calm down. Uh, the comedy store, at that time, I was like, a warmth came over me. I'm not even kidding. It's real, real talk. I don't believe in... I don't know what I believe in. I believe in the spirit world. I believe in uh, omens. I believe in signs. I believe in all that. But I was sitting in the back of the comedy store on a Sunday night after I had done my three minutes and I saw Damon Wayans on stage. And Damon Wayans had this smooth, amazing delivery, this incredible joke telling ability. He was like, uh, he was badass, man. Like people in the comedy world know how great Damon Wayans is as a, as a stand up comedian, but maybe the new generation of dudes. I don't know if they appreciate how badass and incredible he was. And his shit was like, kind of came off effortless. But I remember watching Damon Wayans. And I remember thinking, if I had a style, because obviously Richard Pryor was my number one favorite comedian. Eddie Murphy, George Carlin, Robin Williams, even Chappelle back then. But like, if I had a style that I could feel myself being, you know, kind of close to, Damon Wayans was what I was feeling. And I... I was gonna say that's why you might get along. That's why you get along with Saget so well. Because when we went over to his house, he had pictures of Ronnie Dangerfield and like everybody that you just mentioned on his wall. That is one of the reasons Saget and I get along very well. Is a res- mutual respect situation for sure. And but what? But my point is, my point is, Dave. Dave, you're amazing with your yeah. <laughs> you have the perfect amount of interrupting ability. 
You know how to cut a sentence off like a scissor, like a scissor to a paper. But when I saw Damon Wayans perform, I was like, I'm home. I felt a warmth come over me. I'm not even joking. And I was like, I'm home. And I thought to myself, rich or poor, I'm going to kill it in the game or whatever it is. I just want to get funny enough to make a living as a comedian. And it was like a game-changing thing for me. And of course... The downside of that is I did and I have, I've hung out at the comedy store way too many nights. It has jeopardized my relationships in the past. My girl is comedy. I, I just want to say that. Like my girl is, is comedy and writing. It's just that's my been my girl. And it's and unfortunately, and I'm getting better with this, but in relationships, my my business stuff, because I love it so much, has kind of taken precedent. And I think as I'm starting to be able to look back. I think that I need to crack, you know, I, I, it doesn't need to be that. It doesn't need to be one or the other. I need to, like, you know, give a relationship an honest chance and, like, chill with my girl comedy certain times. Like, put the energy into my comedy when I'm doing it, when I'm writing it. But there's no need to hang at the comedy store all the time when you're not doing, if you're not performing. So you can tell they respect you here because when I was here last night or Saturday when you were not here, you know, I was talking to Mike. He introduced me to, to Breton. And when I was getting introduced, um, Bobby Lee overheard me saying that I was doing a podcast with you. And so he made it a point to say hello to me. And he struck up a conversation with me, which is really cool, one of the comedians here. But he actually misunderstood me because I said, I was, yeah, you was your sidekick on the show. Sidekick. He, Speaking of the mic. I told him I was your sidekick on the show. And he misunderstood sidekick sidekick for the word psychic like i can predict the future he's like are you really a certified psychic and i'm like no 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 not a psychic a side kick let me tell you how tight i am with bobby lee let me <laughs> tell you a bobby lee story i have no problem telling this people out there comedy is a rough world it's a wild world it's the wild west it's a gang of dudes with very high creative minds that go into the dark side sometimes and 15 years ago Bobby Lee was on Mad TV maybe 12 years ago, 10 years ago. I can't remember. My years are not good with that. It's my CTE is that's one thing that's definitely affected his number of, of years and when it, it could have been yesterday. So back in the day, Bobby Lee and I are all excited. Bobby got like some new gig. He wants to celebrate. He comes right to, up to me. He's like, I got 500 in the pocket. I got money in the bank, Mike. Things are going good. Let's go. Let's go be crazy. Next thing I know, we're in the back of the LA Weekly looking up hookers. <laughs> we're looking at hookers in LA all right and I know my mom's gonna listen to this I'm sorry ma you raised a wolf it's just the way it is sorry but Bobby Lee and I we are looking up hookers in the back of a LA weekly and Bobby's like let's try this one you call so I call and it's at a mo it's at a motel on sunset you got to meet the girls at the motel on sunset so we're all ready to go. We're geared up. I'm driving. Bobby's in the passenger seat. He's got a wad of cash in his pocket, ready to go. He's excited like a seven-year-old who just got a new skateboard. We get in the car. We roll down Sunset. And granted, being from Detroit, being from Southfield, Michigan, I, you know, I've, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. Before I was ever a comedian, I've had friends that have lived in the underworld. I have seen eight-mile massage parlors where things happen. This is when I was in my teens. I had a friend who had a list of girls that for $100, they would come to your house. I know what this is. Bobby Lee is fresh out of San Diego, California. He's making money as a comedian and an actor. He's doing great. We go, and we are on our way 
and Bobby's single at the time. You know what I mean? So I'm not dogging him out. I'm not saying anything. He, just, he knows the story. But he's single. I'm single. We roll down to the motel. We pull into the motel. It's door number three. We're supposed to go up. So I, I'm like, I feel like I'm like Bobby's older brother at this moment. Like I feel like I'm his. I got to look out for him because he's too excited. He doesn't know possibilities are around there. You know, like you, yeah. all kinds of shit could happen. You get robbed. You get rolled. You get drugged. You get anything. St- okay. Hold your story, Dave. Can you hold it? Oh, yeah. Can you? Are you sure? Put it in your pocket. We go up to the motel. (laughs) I tell Bobby, all right, let's go up, chill, knock on the door. We're going to take care of this. As we're walking up the steps, I look to the, here's the room we're going to. I look over there. I see a man and a woman that come out of their room. They both, both of them, they kind of, they look like bad actors, like almost like the actors that like it they look like actors at universal theme park that like come out for like just a minute to show the people on the tour you know what i mean the the clothing's too perfect they look a little too fake tired like they just you know what i mean we're drinking or smoking they doesn't look right we come out i I say to bobby this is a sting operation about to go down if we go in this room we're going to get arrested it's going to go down so Bobby's like, no, no, no way. You don't know what you're talking about. What do you? I said, Bobby, trust me, bro. I know people, I've seen these type of things. This is not good. There's people, it's the middle of the day. There's no reason for a shirtless older dude and like a hot younger woman in a tank top who looks tired to be lingering on the balcony. I said, when you, you go ahead, Bobby, you go in that room. When you go in that room, you ask the woman, is she a cop? And see what happens. And don't do a thing till she answers you. I said, I'll be in the car. I know what this is. <laughs> Bobby's like, I'm going. I'm going in the room. Don't don't worry about me. I'm doing great. Mad TV's killing it. I got 300000 in the bank and five 500 in the pocket. Bobby goes in the room, sees the girl. He goes, are you a cop? She doesn't answer. Are you a police officer? He doesn't answer. She doesn't answer. Please tell me. I'm not, I'm not taking. She's like, she doesn't say a word. Bobby finally wakes up, gets smart. Leaves the room. I'm leaving. Bobby comes out of the room, down the stairs, in the car. We head back to the comedy store. I saved him. The next day, on the news, no joke, Motel on Sunset busted for prostitution ring. You're welcome, Bobby. I think I made you $3 million over the last 10 years. Maybe more. Without that, I would have ruined your career, put you in lockup. It would have been terrible for you and your family and your career. Although, Artie Lang was on your show and- Cocaine didn't stop him. At least you told him to ask first, because you definitely did save him. You're like, ask if he's a cop. Yeah, ask. Ask if he's a cop. Now, I don't want this podcast to become a hooker story, but I know you probably have. You're dying to tell a story, so go ahead, Dave. Tell your story. I'll check my phone and listen. (laughs) Okay, so back in Orlando, I must have been like 16, 17 at the time. My brother's a little bit older and his friends. And so they were bored one night, and uh, you know they did the same thing you did. They were looking through the news the newspaper looking to you know cause some trouble yeah they're like oh let's let's you know let's call an escort this and that yeah. and so of course my buddy runs the atm grabs out whatever three hundred dollars and my friend had a condo at the time the woman walks upstairs sees me who looked like i'm 13 years old at the time sees my brother sees sees this kid she's like all right i gotta i gotta go give the money to my to my to my bouncer so after looking at us assessing the situation she takes the money Goes downstairs to her little, you know, body, her her muscle, never comes back, gone. Yeah, she looked at you like the three easiest robbery su- uh, victims of all time. <laughs> Dave, you're lucky. I'm just glad you're alive, buddy. I'm glad you're here right now. You know what I mean? Because the, uh, 
prostitution's another that's, that's for another episode but i just wanted to tell that bobby lee story <laughs> because i have stories with all my boys here you know what i mean we've had fun you know people have heard me talk about the young american comedy comedy tour the reason i want i even wanted to do that tour was just to hang out with my friends and who were funny and be on tour and spend you know what i mean go make a living with your boys and it was like the most natural most organic fun moment of my career you know i've had and believe me i've had some amazing times you know i've been on like I've been, you know the story. I've been with Joe Rogan on the road for a year. Yeah. I've had been in front of sold out crazy moments on, you know, on the road. I opened for Russell Peters, taking a private plane to Atlanta, taking a private jet to San Jose, private to Montreal, performing in front of 15,000 people. You know what I mean? I felt what it is to to get a make a joke work and a and a wave of laughter come at you seconds later because it's so far back. You know what I mean? Just a wave. So the only place, and it's like, it's funny because I, I, now I understand like why Judd Apatow has come back to stand up. Like obviously in his heart when he started, he was he was doing stand up, you know, and then he got away in, into directing and super successful as a writer. But somehow it pulled him back in. This world, this life, yeah. this craft pulls you back in. See what I noticed after you performed on Saturday, like you killed it. The place was packed. And then the second you finished and the next comedian came on, there was just like a horde of people that just got up and walked out. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how to deal with that. When you're on stage, seeing 30 people walk out after the, after the previous comedian. Well, that's, the, that's it's, it's great that you say that because what that is is it's a combination of things. First of all, that crowd has been there since 8.50 or 8.30 at night. They've been sitting there since 8.30. I got off stage at 12.30, okay? That's four hours of sitting. So I get the midnight spot in the main room at the comedy store, and I used to take it personally and be like, you know, the crowd's dead, and I'm not doing well. Listen, sometimes you're not doing well, and we've all bombed hard, but there is 100% an element to a crowd just being exhausted. When I got on stage, I walked on stage, bro. I saw the first row. Everybody was glowing, and everybody looked sweaty. You know what I mean? They were exhausted and sweating. What, what are you doing, Dave? What are you doing? The uh, camera can, the, oh, I was can see. Show you something. Oh, you gonna show me? All right. I thought you were dozing off. No, 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 no. So while yeah, I walked on stage at midnight to an already exhausted crowd, and you can feel it. And by the way, shame on me for not like feeling that moment in the very beginning to kind of ease into my act. Because as a comedian, you could do one of two things. You can either come out and try to beat up the audience and go high energy to battle their low energy. But I think the smartest move, which works most of the time, is just get into their energy and then slowly bring them up. Because you can't, you don't want to shock their system. Because it really is just, it, it's an exchange of energy. Yeah, because you could hear the guy at the end is just like, oh, everyone's running into their cars, like kind of make fun of the audience, audience members that are leaving. The guy before me or the guy when I was done? The guy when you were done, because he was just like ripping on the crowd for leaving. Yeah, and you feel bad for him, but you know what? Comedy, yo, comedians are like athletes, bro. We're war machines. You know what I mean? You got to be war ready. War, Dave, you know I can't see that with my bad eyes. What is it? So so one of our friends from Goal, um, if you look at this, he's trying to do stand-up comedian. He, our, our friend Brian, he uh, posted, oh, no. po- posted a clip of him doing stand-up. How did he get to do stand-up? Where's, where's the comedy zone? It's in... Uh, Carolina? S- South Carolina. 
Is that him? Yeah, it's him on stage performing. And I was like stunned. I've never seen him perform comedy. We got it. Is he getting booed? I think it's just a slow-mo effect and they're all laughing. <laughs> I don't know what this up to does, the sound effects. This is the funniest thing. I've known Hickerson. This is a guy we meet at Goal, right? People have, ironically enough, it's called Goal. People at Goal have goals that you don't even hear about. <laughs> I've known the guy for almost two years. He's never once mentioned that he wanted to do stand-up. Why is that? Now he goes, did he move back to Carolina? And I think he's just visiting family and he's coming back soon. So he goes back to Carolina. All of a sudden he pops up doing stand-up. Everybody wants to be a comedian. And by the way, who's to say I'm not here to shit on your dreams? If Hickerson thinks he's funny and wants to go do stand-up, go give it a shot, bro. Realize that you are a grown man and you better take it seriously because you're going to get nowhere without the hard work that it takes to be a stand-up. It's the hardest gig in the world. And it's only the hardest gig in the world because... It takes, tr it, in your mind, you might be thinking like, I'm always funny around my friends. I'm the life of the party at the bar. That's not what stand-up is. You can't be the life of the party at the bar as a stand-up. It doesn't mean shit. Stand-up is a craft. And you put the craft down and you write it on paper or however you work it out. You get it in your mind and you try to make it seem like it's a seamless conversation or a seamless monologue. But it's not. It's something you've been working your ass off for years. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Doing for years. You go watch Richard Pryor, and you don't feel like he wrote any of that down. You feel like he's just talking to you, matter of fact. But you go watch or listen to a bunch of his other stuff, you realize, oh, that's a bit he's been working on for a long time. Oh, yeah. And I heard him do it in South Carolina. I heard him do it in L.A. I heard him do it in California, in Nevada. I heard him do it in New York. You know what I mean? Like I watched the Seinfeld before Seinfeld thing, and he was... He was preparing jokes, and he was, he was studying since he was like 12 years old for stuff. Seinfeld is a genius with the comedy. He's a workhorse. He, I don't even know if he would like to be called a genius because he's like a blue-collar worker of stand-up comedy. He writes it. He cuts out the fat in the joke. He cuts out anything that doesn't need to be there necessarily. He gets his wordplay down perfectly, and he kills it, and he kills it every time, man. And Seinfeld... You know, I used to always battle my brother because my brother would be like, you got to change up your act. You've been doing the same stuff for 10 years. Comedians have been known back in the day to do their own same stuff for 10 years. I don't have an answer as to what's right because, like, I'll see a lot of these comedians are coming out with a special every year. But it's like a okay, pretty good special that you're doing every year. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to do, like, the dopest shit of all time, like some Rolling Stone greatest hits tour for five years as opposed to some mediocre shit because you're trying to change it up. Why not be ice cold? So I am at the point, I'm at a point right now where I actually do need to, I've been doing the same bit for 10 years or the same act, but my whole thing is I haven't had a special yet and I'm gearing up to do a special because I'm going to shoot it myself even if I don't get a Netflix special, if I don't get an HBO, you know, I don't care. I'm just going to shoot a special and see what happens. I don't care if I have to use my own dough. I'm just going to make it happen. And after that, I will put that material to the side for a while and come up with new stuff. But it's funny, man. You go through phases as a person and not a lot. Listen, I've had some dark times in this world, in this business, that have like kind of shook me out of being funny. 
So I used to get inspired daily. I'd be writing every day, every day, every day. Then life can like beat you down at sometimes and you don't get that same fire for like what's funny. You know, it takes a minute to come back out of that. And I'm yeah. just like coming back out of it again and like I'm refinding the funny. You know what I mean? I, I'm just being real. Like, see, I, I told, I made a comment to you, and you're like, "That's funny." I'm using my act. I think I was talking about. I was giving you a ride to the airport, and I know you're allergic to cats. And I made a comment about being allergic, but they said I was had a tolerance to my own cat, and I should never get another one ever again. Oh, did I say I was going to put that in the act? I don't know. You, you laughed about it because I said because they said I was allergic, but not to my own. Well, it's so funny because I saw. Literally, I I opened for Chappelle like 12 years ago or something like that in Sacramento and San Francisco, the whole in the Bay Area. And I remember he said, I always love, I can always remember like nuggets that people say to me, like just like great nuggets that I always take and put in the pocket and never, never leaves me. But I remember Chappelle said that every bit he does, he drops himself in the center of the bit. He just, he's in it. You know what I mean? And it's kind of why I think somebody like Sebastian is blowing up huge right now. He's in the middle of his act. He's in it. He's, it's a, it's first person narrative storytelling. Yeah. He's telling you about his life, you know, and you can always talk about being allergic to a cat and an Uber driver did it. And it's relatable. You're going to get a laugh, but I've done that type of comedy before and I've done the observational stuff for some reason, for me, it doesn't move me, and it actually like gets me. I get like depressed if I'm just going up and talking about shit that I'm not feeling. So I, unfortunately or fortunately, for my own material style, I have to be in the middle of my act. Like I, I have to like it has to happen to me. Well, you had your own spring break this week, so. By the way, had the I had the best spring break. Good transition, Dave. That's what you're here for, bro. You are a point guard at times. You just dish. <laughs> And throw a cyst, throw that dime. So let me just let me just put it out there. Let me let me put this thing right here. Um, it's been spring break around the country, and I just had the best spring break I've ever had, and I'm not kidding. My 16-year-old nephew, Cameron Young, my brother's son, came out to visit me, and I I, I like literally, I bro, I I could cry. All right, that's how cool he is. He's 16. He plays a little junior hockey. He's playing for the U, you know, the the USA U, U18 teams for Honey Baked for you know in that world of CompuWare hockey, USA hockey. He's a high level kid, but beyond being a high level little athlete, he's just a cool ass kid, man. He's got swagger. You know what I mean? He's unshakable. I take him up like when I I put him in my movie, like put him in my man as a loser, and I gave him like one line. And he was in a scene in the backyard with my brother. And I gave my brother and my two nephews a part in the movie. And in the backyard scene, it's my it's a comedy. So my brother's playing a, a clown who paints faces for kids. And my nephew's getting his <laughs> face painted. And the, and, the, and the scene is that he's getting... My brother puts a daisy uh, flower on his cheek. But the scene is that my nephew wanted a lightning bolt. And he doesn't know what... And he doesn't see him... He's, he doesn't see the, the flower yet. And so my brother shows him. He goes, look, check out your check out the thing and, and my nephew's like i asked for a lightning bolt and my brother's like my brother says oh go cry to your mommy and my nephew's line is fuck you i don't have one <laughs> simple line one tag joke but he kills it he kills it and he's just a chilled out super cool talented kid and he's like he's so he's very talented but it's, he's humble he doesn't show off around people he's very like sed- 
sedate, not sedate, like he's very subdued, like in public. He doesn't even like me to like yell for the popcorn guy at the basketball game. You know, he likes to kind of keep us low. Well, how were those seats yesterday at the soccer? Unbelievable. Stock tip Dave found me the Flash Seats app. I picked out my seats. Uh, we were center field at an LA Galaxy game. So this week, Cameron came for, so he comes for, for spring break, and I wanted him to have a special spring break. I'm not his dad. I'm not my brother, so I'm not going to be like, do your homework. I'm here for straight up Uncle Mike, let's have fun. You know what I mean? So he gets to town, and it is game on. He stays for six days. We go to Malibu. We go to Universal Studios. I take him to Bob Saget's premiere of his movie, Benjamin. He meets Stamos. He meets the lead of my movie, a stand-up guy, Danny A. He hangs out. We go to the Grove twice. We see a movie. I take him to a Kings game. I take him to a Galaxy game. And it was basically, it was my spring break. I had the time of my life hanging out. The funny shit is, is I'm still single Mike. So like in between all this, I'm getting phone calls from like, I'm getting some girls are calling up like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, you know what? I'm chilling. I'm just chilling. I kicked it with my nephew, bro. The whole time we were there, he was here. We got to see a couple other family members. We saw my cousin Derek, and we got to see uh, my cousin Scott and his kid. And we went to the Grove and went to the farmer's market with him. But hanging with my nephew, man, he got me out of my own box. Like, he got me out of my box. Because L.A., man, I've been in, like, I've been in, like, a financial groove, but a personal rut. Like, just like, I'm just in my apartment, writing in the day, taking a long walk and coming back. And I have not been popping out, man, like into life. And this kid came to town, man, and like literally gave life to me again. Like, for real. Like, it woke me out of my, it shook me out. And we just, we had the best, we went to Universal and... He's in crazy shape. Oh, we also hiked 10.3 miles. We hiked up to the Griffith Observatory. We went past Griffith. We went up towards the Hollywood sign, bro. I've been trying to get someone to go with me to do that. Dave, I'll do it with you, buddy. It's real deal. <laughs> it ain't no joke. We got to check the weather. You don't want to do it in the heat. You want 65 degrees with a slight overcast, and it's good. But we walked. And I'm in shape. I'm in good shape. But I started thinking like... Am I supposed to be keeping up with him or am I supposed to be, is he supposed to be keeping up with me? Like who at this point in our life, I'm in my 40s, he's 16. Naturally, I think he should be in better, and he is oh, yeah. in better shape. Because I was like, why am I tired? And his ass, bro, he didn't stop. We hiked 10, 10 miles one day. The next day we walked 9.5 miles all over Los Angeles, everywhere. And we just, bro, we had it going. And of course, he's so casual that the night before, he didn't even tell me this, but the night before he was flying to LA, he f almost, he didn't have, his passport was expired. So thank God my brother and his wife had his, his birth certificate somewhere. So he traveled with his birth certificate and his, his school ID, which thank God was all he needed. And he didn't tell me, but he almost wasn't coming because of his ID situation which is totally my brother's style. Like they'll just, for, he'll forget something, whatever. They'll, they'll, they'll forget, you know, they'll, they'll skip the, they'll miss the ID last second. But he got here. So he comes to town. I look, he unpacks all his stuff. All he has is shorts and t-shirts. We're going to a movie premiere. He has no pants. We go to the Beverly Center and we start, we have 40 minutes to get to the premiere. We go to the Beverly Center. I can't, now I'm starting to go, I'm like, Cam, 
you got to try the band. He doesn't care. I can tell he doesn't care if he goes to the movie prayer. He, he's unaffected. He's unimpressed is what he is. He's like, he's already, he's cooler than everybody at the movie. He literally is cooler than everybody in the movie. We go to the Beverly Center. We go to the, you know, the kid likes style. He's got Yeezys. He's got cool style. I got him a cool-ass jersey of the LA Galaxy with Zlatan Ibrahimovic, the new player who's like the superstar. Got you know he he likes style. So we go to the we go to the Beverly Center. I get him some some pants. We go to Hugo. He's got high-level taste too. Expensive taste. I think I dropped two thousand on the kid while he was here, at least. <laughs> we go to the Beverly Center. I get him. We go into we go into Hugo Boss. Boom, gets the pants. Why not stay at Hugo Boss? Get him a shirt there too. Got his whole dope out. Oh no no, my fault. The pants we got at Hugo Boss. We go to All Saints. Oh, I haven't heard of them. So in my mind, I'm like, wouldn't it be cool and corny, but cool to dress the same as my nephew? Like I want to be like the cool. It's like my. I felt like he was like my kid for a minute. You know what I mean? Like I want to dress like my kid type of thing. And so we went to All Saints and both got the same hoodie. And we went to Saget's premiere in a hoodie, in both the same exact hoodie and black pants and white sneakers, dressed <laughs> exactly the same. And it was cool as hell, bro. We were the two coolest dudes there. And so we went there. We, we watched the movie. And I could see he was tired because it, it was the second day he was here. And he was like kind of you know moving around a lot in the, in the theater, almost falling asleep. I had to just like you know kind of wake him up a little bit. But we ended up having a great time. We got to see Stamos afterwards. Stamos got mobbed by a bunch of photographer people. So we busted out, hit Hollywood Boulevard, bam, got him some food, went home. And for the next five days, we just did everything. Every day was amazing. Stock tip, Dave, I thank you for the flash seats that you got on my phone. I didn't know what that was. I wasn't sure what flash seats. I, could, I was nervous the whole time. I was calling you every day. Are you sure this is all I need to get into the game? And went to a Kings game. Kings got crushed. Yeah. <laughs> See, t- t- the ticketing industry was my was my job for over ten years. Yeah, you're in the ticketing industry. Dave was very casual about it because because when you get flash seats, you pull this thing up on your you pull this thing up on your phone, and all it is is like a mobile little ID. And you you know, I'm not tech savvy, so I always have like the fear of the guy on the other end is gonna not have what he needs for oh, yeah. me to get in. But it's the easiest shit in the world. You go, you they scan your ID, two tickets pop out, and bam, you're in the game. And it was amazing, bro. See, like I know right now, some teams, not the Orlando Magic, but like the Miami Heat, sometimes if you do not have a smartphone, they will upload your entire, like if you have season tickets, they will upload all of your tickets to be mobile ready for your phone. So they don't even mail you your, 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 oh, that's your incredible. tickets at all. So if you don't have a smartphone, you can't get in the game because they don't mail you the actual physical ticket anymore. It's so funny because I think I feel like Dan Gilbert back in the day got it. He might own flash seats for all I know. <laughs> he was doing it at the Q Arena. Oh, yeah. He's one of the first. He was one of the first. He was one of the first to do it. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah, yeah. He did that. I want to say, I want to say he did that back in like 2010. He might have because they were, I remember going to a game with him and they were just getting it going. And they were like kind of still staggering and like figuring it out. It wasn't working too clean yet, but now they got it mastered and down. I remember he was one of the first people. He's like, this is going to change the world. Everything he does is going to change the world. And usually it does. So anyway, so my cut, my nephew was here. We had the greatest time, man. And like kicking it with a cool ass teen. First of all, he uploaded all the dope new tracks on my, on my phone. I'm all up. I got the, I got the, the hoodie boogie with the hoodie. I got 
ASAP Mob. I got ASAP Ferg, ASAP Rocky. I got the new Drake. I got old school Kanye that I didn't even know existed. He's got me on like Rich Boy Quan. My nephew had my car bump it. And so just to like have fun, I went and rented like a charger, a fast car, just so we could whip it. Even though one of my boys like, just take the Tesla. I don't want to take your car. I'm not taking your car. I'm going to rent a car, stress-free, rented a uh, racing car. Oh, I thought you actually rented the Tesla. I was about to ask. No, no, we didn't. My boy Chris was going to give me the Tesla, but uh, every day that crept up, he was like, I got to do this. I got. I said, don't worry, bro. I'm going to go get a car. We're all good. Rented a Charger, and me and my nephew whipped it, bro. We were doing 100 down the PCH, going to Malibu. Dodge Charger? Dodge. Is that what it is? I think so. Uh, do you know, I don't even, no, it's a Chevy. Chevy Charger. A Chevy SS or something like that, I think. That's funny. I, I don't know. It just looks like a, a race car. I got it. It's super fast inexpensive and i'm thinking that's kind of actually maybe the kind of car i want i want to get a just like an inexpensive but fast ballsy car because i don't really care about the luxury i like going fast straight up anyway hanging with my nephew all week was my favorite spring break and it let me know again to mike get out of your damn comfort zone and my boy jesse talks about this all the time jesse itzler 100 mile man get comfortable being uncomfortable and i can't say it enough man we all have to do that. It's like you live once. Shake it up, man. Shake it up. And my nephew taught me that lesson this week because I don't ever go to Malibu and enjoy the beach. I don't ever go down to the Santa Monica Pier and walk around. And you go down to the Santa Monica Pier, you got badass bands playing. You got an arcade. You got food everywhere. You stroll down. You know what I mean? You and 91 Mexican families are putting your feet in the ocean. Lots of crazy people there. That's funny. Crazy everywhere. I saw someone dressed up as Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un. Looked exactly like them. I saw them. I took a picture with them. I saw them. Best makeup I've ever seen. Obviously professional makeup. We saw Trump and Putin <laughs> hanging out at the Third Street Promenade. Just be careful. They tried to charge you twenty dollars per little character, so they wanted to charge me forty dollars to take a picture with those guys. Really? And you know what I said? I go, I go. I'm sorry. I only have four dollars in my pocket. <laughs> Do they still take the picture? <laughs> yeah. No. They. Th- this was after they took the picture. They're like, okay, that's twenty for each character, and I'm like, who says it? Trump? The guy Trump says it? No. Or the, they have like an agent. So they have like an agent guy in a black suit who's like their money manager. I guy. saw that guy. And this guy's, yeah. We usually get. It's usually we usually average about twenty dollars per character out here, and I'm like, well. It's not advertised. I didn't know that. I have about four singles in my in my wallet. It's either that or nothing. He goes, okay, fine. Give me the four bucks. <laughs> stock tip Dave, making money even on the boardwalk in real life. <laughs> Meanwhile, the stocks did took a they took a big dive this week, Dave. Up, up today. Up today? Huge up today. Huge up. So we should have bought short last week and we'd be way up today. Well did Netflix go up? Netflix is up today. All the uh the Canadian stuff is still I don't know what's going on, but it's Laying still... low in Canada? I would still look into it because everything's like... Gearing up. Yes. It's like, if I had cash right now, I'd still, I'd still buy it because it's cheap. It's like five, seven dollars. It's like, okay. you know, you get five, a five dollar stock, seven dollar stock. It's like going to McDonald's and getting a Happy Meal. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Meanwhile, my nephew tells me him and his boys box against each other. Really? They put on gloves... He's got a fight club. My nephew's a badass. Both my nephews. My the older one who's 18, kid is heavy-handed, like for real heavy-handed, like uncomfortably like as strong as me and he's 18 and can box and both of them can fight. But I don't like them being 
but he seems like he's got it under control. But he told me, he's like, yo, me and my boys, we box against each other. You could pit each other against, you know, you go tournament style. And, you know, the, we have one guy that judges. And if you win, you can move on or you can decide not to fight. I'm like, don't. I guess if you're going to fight, you might as well do it safely with your friends. Then go out in the streets. They but The headgear? No, he doesn't wear headgear. No? Which I don't like. He doesn't wear headgear. He'll learn. He'll learn. Because he's a little fella, man. He's a little fella. You know, he didn't get the height from my mom's side of the family yet. He's got my sister-in-law's height so far. He's only 16, so he could sprout. You never know. But whatever. Either way, it was just my best spring break I've ever had. Universal, we went on every ride. That shit was fun, man. Jurassic Park. Did you do the single rider line? You get to basically you can do the whole. Dave, I express past everything, bro. Uh, we did ex- we did express. I dropped it in. I was like, you know what? I don't have kids. I don't spend money on a lot of things. I'm dropping it all this week. Let's go all <laughs> in. You know what I mean? I had I took cash in a rubber band, nice. old school, and we just peeled it off. You know what I mean? Did like you get a the butter rapper. beer. No, I haven't had a drink in four months. No, bro. no, it's fake. It's not, it's not alcoholic. It's like part of the Harry Potter world. It's called oh, butter, is that but- what that is? Yeah, it's called Butterbeer. That's so funny, man. I didn't know what it was. There was a huge line for yeah. Butterbeer. That was the first time I ever tried it. It was okay. I got about halfway through, and I was like, okay, I've had enough. Yeah, you're nauseous from that. <laughs> it's like too, for sure. too sugary. Harry Potter, but by the way, was was overrated. The 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 It's a beautiful world they built. It's incredible what they did. But the actual Harry Potter roller coaster ride, it's like 40 seconds long. Just when you're getting scared and getting going, the it's Simpsons over. The Simpsons one's awesome. Simpsons was amazing. The Simpsons ride simulator, or I don't even think it's a simulator. It no, it's a real to, roller coaster. It used to be Back to the Future. They changed it from Back to the Future to The Simpsons. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. We spent from 11 a.m. to 6.30, 7 o'clock at night at Universal. We hit every ride. We hit every attraction. We hit every act. You know what I mean? We saw the pets. We went to the, oh, the, the best thing was the uh, Waterworld stunt show. Oh, yeah. Have I've you seen, seen that? Yeah, I've seen that. Bro, they're falling off 30-foot planks. They're fake fighting. They're, they got jet skis going. They're gunning each other. You know what I mean? Great acting. It, it was unbelievable. They're in boats. All of a sudden, a baby airplane comes flying through a building. Fire everywhere. You get wet. <laughs> See, I it a, was amazing. I had a cousin who did that at Universal for years. Played, really? Played Indiana Jones. For really? Like, for like one of their stunt spectaculars. Did in Orlando and then ended up in like Singapore or wherever. It was just like, we played Indiana Jones at Universal Studios for like six By years. By the way, that's a great gig, man, if someone wants to get in the business. Adam Ray, I think the comedian, my boy Adam Ray, I'm pretty sure he was goofy. <laughs> I, I might be lying, but I know he told me he was something at, at there and I, I want to say it was goofy. And boom, he's not goofy anymore. He's doing his thing. But And I actually saw his podcast live the other day with Jim Jeffries. Oh, I talked about that on the podcast last week. Jim Jeffries, oh, yeah, yeah. hammered. Guy loved to drink. Anyway, that was the recap of the week, man. Recap of the week, hanging with the nephew, my boy Cameron. We had the best time. His brother, while while he was on his spring break, found out he got into Howard University, and he also got into uh, and he got into Xavier. And so, um, if you don't know, yeah, my, my nephews are mixed, mixed race. So he's not not a white boy going to Howard. He's going to uh, going to Xavier. Oh, who's calling? Meanwhile, I got so much work to catch up on because I have not. I have not. I can't read that, Dave. You got it. Can you say it out loud? I was going to say it's creepy. Huh? 
call it make a make a call get get a guest on here or no should we make a call i don't like you know i talked to saget i was like bob i want to give you a call he's like let's do a proper podcast i want to give you respect i'm like no i'm not looking for respect i just want to i want a phone call who could i call right now who can we call let me just uh we don't need to make a phone call right now i, I didn't plan it out i didn't plan it out let's just we've been in here for an hour um we can wrap it up in a second man I got uh, Ontario, the Ontario Improv. Two shows Friday, two shows this Saturday. Me and Bob Saget. The week of the 19th, I'm headlining Stand Up Live in Phoenix. Thursday, me and Saget are playing Friday and Saturday. I'm headlining again on Sunday. So I will be headlining Stand Up Live in Phoenix the week of the ni- April 19th. Make sure you get out there. If you're listening, Phoenix, Arizona, we love you. We love coming down to Phoenix. It's a blast. Ontario is going to be packed and sold out anyway. That's a nightmare drive, but I think what I'm going to do is drive down on Friday, and I think I might just stay the night Friday and just do work in the oh, hotel. No, Ontario? Ontario. There's nothing there except a giant mall. There's a uh, hockey, too. Oh, yeah. You told me you were going to look into that. They've, can you can you call your boy on that? Because I might bring my skates and get a little skate in. Yeah, because they, they ran the uh, the arena for eight years. Now, now they got the Clippers there. They got the Ontario Rain. Oh, okay. Okay, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to break Citizens out of my... Business Bank Arena. Okay. I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone, Dave. That's the theme of this week's podcast, everybody. Get out of your comfort zone. Be uncomfortable for a while. Creativity gets sparked. Shit gets cracked open, man. You get into a rut. You go walk from A to B. You go to your same lunch spot. Yo, take a left instead of a right. All right? That's what I'm saying. And it helps the brain, man. It gets your brain going in different directions. We all get caught in a rut, and I was in a a positive rut, but a rut nonetheless. And it is time, and I promise myself, man, summer's coming. I'm getting out of my box, man. Fuck all this writing for three hours in the same table and then walk into the same place and then back to the table. You know what I mean? Then going to get some food and then going to the comedy store. That's like a pattern that I want to break. So I need to stay on top of it. It doesn't mean I'm still going to handle my business because I love my work, but it doesn't, but it just means I got to get out of the box. And anybody out there, get out of your box, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, it feels good, but you know what? You know what feels good? Shaking it up. Shake it up. You know, did Laura, by the way, I felt terrible. I had a show here at midnight the other night and Laura and Petra came and I didn't stay around to say hi. My guilt was heavy, but I was so about getting back to my nephew because I didn't like leaving him home alone. Like, I don't care. I know he's 16 and grown, but like, I just wanted to get back. And when I left the stage, I just rolled through. I didn't see you when I got off. I lingered on the patio for like five, seven minutes. Didn't see you guys. And I just busted out. Yeah. I didn't see you. We were like... I think we're at the corner closest to the bar by the by the. Uh, Did you see me on the patio? No, I, we at the, we were just, I guess, in our own world. Everybody so, was in their own world. Yeah, it became Laura's birthday, so we had a few drinks. It was her birthday at midnight. Okay. And actually, she's on her way. Uh, to, yeah, I don't like that. She didn't even tell me that. She's on her way to Spain. She's going to see uh, uh, Connolly, I think, for a few days. Is she going to check out Snatched? Yeah, because uh, she works for works, works for them. So she's checking out what's going on. And I asked her how I can how do I get to direct Snatched? So Kevin Connolly's in Spain directing three episodes of the show Snatched. Is it Snatched or Snatch? Snatch. Snatch. And uh, based y- on the movie, I think. Based on the movie Snatch. I thought the movie was called Snatched. No? No, I'm pretty sure it was Snatch. I can double check. Good word, Snatch. Had Brad Pitt, you could barely understand anything he said. Right. Oh, I'll come and get you for a long day. 
He was like a fighter, right? He was like a yeah. rough fighter. Yeah, Brad Pitt was dope in that movie. Uh, so Connolly's out there directing Snatch. Um, I've been in a real interesting situation for the last six, seven months too. I, I gotta. I don't know if I should talk too much about it, but I told you that I signed. You know, I signed a deal for two new movies with that with Transcend Media, and the guys that are producing it, they pay me on a weekly basis to develop these projects for them, and it's still going on. And the dude who's like the head of the company made a rap song. He's a young dude, and he got it, and, and his song kind of took off. So he put my movie on hold until September. The the Swiper movie. Wow. Yeah, which I kind of don't mind because I'm still getting paid on a weekly basis through the company. But it's very interesting the ADD that hit him, because. But also, who am I to stop somebody's dream? You know what I mean? And it's funny because at first I was like, "What are you doing rapping? What are you talking about?" But he made this song and he shot a video in Miami, and the song is so damn catchy. It's got like seven hundred thousand views on World Star Hip Hop. Wow! See, yeah, see, that's what his name's do. Fresh. We gotta do it with all things comedy with your stuff. That's what they said they could do for you. Our goal is to hit ten million, right? We want ten million views through all things comedy. I don't know how it happens. I don't know what you need me to do. I can only promise this: I'll be funny, I'll be smart, I'll be alive. I will kill it for you. But everyone else who's handling this social media thing, you do your job. Just tell me what you need me to do, right? I'm not going to figure out the technicality of it. Yeah. I'm not. The squeeze ain't worth the juice to me. My time is better served at a table writing a script on a stage telling jokes. I got to get the team around me. I have a meeting this week. I'm, I'm going to meet with uh, I'm going to meet with ICM this week to talk about like representing me for writing and directing, which will take a load off my back, I think, in a great way. And by the way, I give props to my nephew. So I get a phone call. I get a, yeah, I get a phone call from an agent at, at ICM, right? Agent calls. I see that he calls. Then he, I didn't get his call. He emails me. And we have been talking back and forth about potentially working together. And I don't love small talk on the phone. If we're going to work together, let's get together. Let's have a meeting. Let's map it out. Let's go forward. We're going to make money together. And so he sends me an email and he's like, yo, I tried to call you. And I'm like... And I'm thinking, I don't, I don't need a phone call. I want to just say, if we're interested in working together, let's set a time to get together. And so I said to my nephew, because he's got swag. Uh, he's like, he don't give a fuck. I said, yo, Cam, what do you think, man? Should I write this guy? Here's what I'm thinking about writing him. Hey, got your email. I appreciate you taking the time. If you're interested in working together, let's definitely set a time to sit together. I look forward to it. And if you're not interested, no hard feelings, no worries, no hard feelings, but time is all we have. We don't need to waste it on the phone. Exactly. I said, Cam, is that cool to send? He goes, hell yeah. Tell him what's up. I sent it. And he wrote back right away. Boom. Let's get together. I'll call you Monday. That's awesome. And I go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I'm giving tribute. I'm, I'm I'm saying my nephew got me an agent. Nice. I've had agents over the years. I've been operating without one for a long time. I've been loving not having one for a long time, but now I need one. I I don't need, but I think it'll just add to the team that can help facilitate the dreams, that can let me just work my ass off and let somebody handle yeah. the forefront shit that I don't want to have to handle. So I was gonna say. Not that it's similar, but I, I do have a meeting this week also because good. Um, my 
Some of my brother's good friends from Florida, I guess one of the fraternity brothers is now an agent at Paradigm. Dope. And Great company. And the script that I wrote involved these, you know, my brother's friends. So yeah. of course they're able to be like, oh, let's, you know, they're all gung-ho about it. So yeah. we talked to them. So, so I have a meeting with Paradigm about the script that I wrote about this prank we did in high school. Dude, so, that's real. So I got to get set up the meeting. Stock tip Dave writing scripts. <laughs> I mean, this is one me and Dustin did. Yeah. Is Dustin going to the meeting with you? Um, Maybe not the first one because my friend stressed the fact that since it's, 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 it's his buddy. Just go alone. Just go alone. You'll take care of Dustin when the time is right. That's how you do it. For sure. That's great, bro. <laughs> Congrats. Listen, everybody has a story to tell. People have stories and people have fascinating stories. And the funny thing is, is in Hollywood, the one part of the puzzle nobody ever wants to address is you got a great idea, bro. Love your idea. It doesn't mean shit unless you have a script yeah. or unless you have it written down as a treatment. See, Nash even read it for the first time. And Nash called me the other day. I'm like, Nash, he read it. He said he loved it, but I just need to strengthen the wants and needs of the characters to make it better. How great is that? Nash is a high level guy. Yeah. He gave you props. That's big, Dave. You never know, bro. Crazier things have happened. All of a sudden, I'm doing my podcast in a basement, and Stock Tip Dave sells a script for a million. I'm, <laughs> I'm in for 20%. I'm your new manager. <clears throat> anyway, that's a good stories that need to be told. Good wrap-up. I think that's a good wrap-up for the yeah, week. Absolutely. You, uh, yo, everybody stay positive. Get out of your comfort zone. Have some fun. If you got relatives and you love kicking it with them and you, you're not around them a lot, tell them you love them. Be positive. I'm on a positive tip right now. My nephew, you know, he knows about my past and my brother, you know, has like shared too much with his kids. My brother's always, you know, I did some hood shit as a kid. Yeah. I, I definitely was on my way down the wrong path. My brother shares a birthday with the comedy star. Just, oh, nice. Just seven years later. God bless. Rest in peace. God bless your brother. Um, and the comedy store. That's that's pretty cool. Um, that's another thing. We could talk about that another time. It's, it's heavy stuff. But my point is, is that um, everybody... What was I saying? What was I saying? Be positive. Enjoy your family. Yeah, positive. Enjoy your family. You know, oh, oh, what I was saying is my nephew knows that I used to be a thief and that I used to do hood shit and get in fights and I used to steal and do bad things. I didn't know the extent to which he knew until this week. He's like, my dad told me that you robbed a hooker in Vegas one time. I was like, he told you that? What's he talking about? Certain things no one needs to know. Rob, have a code. Anyway. My point is, he he's like, yo, Uncle Mike, you just turned your life to positive for so long now. And it's true. And the simple fact is, when you do negative things, and I, these were all things I was doing as a teenager, so I didn't know. But what I learned quickly was, karma is the realest shit on planet Earth. And it comes quick, or it comes, you know, it comes steady, or it comes in the distance, but it's coming. So... Why not do positive if you want positive? Exactly. If you enjoy negative, keep doing negative. You're going to get it. But, you know. They always say you get what you put into it. Or you do. You get what you put in. You get out what you put in. And that's it. Put in good if you can. Don't be a negative. You know, don't do not do that bad shit. I'm not here to preach. You know what I mean? What am I going to tell you? I fucking, I was robbing everybody. That's another podcast. You know what I mean? That's something <laughs> me and Joey Diaz could talk about. Anyway, this weekend, Ontario Improv, Friday and Saturday, me and Bob Saget. Following weekend, the weekend of April 19th, Tempe Improv. I'm headlining Thursday and Sunday. Me and Saget are there Friday and Saturday. 
And the following week after that, the 25th and 6th, I'm actually playing Detroit, Southfield, Michigan, playing the punchline, me and Tony Rock. Oh, nice. Yeah. So peace, God bless. Find me on Instagram at the real Mike Young at Stock Tip Dave. Stories that need to be told, we're out.